When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the latest episode of BCC The Other Side, ultra-terrestrial producer Riley guides you through a cosmic soundscape straight from his hotel room in Vegas. It's Riley's Late Night Cosmic Ride, a wet-hot alien trip you don't want to miss. To listen, go to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey everybody, Riley here. I wanted to let you know that Bigfoot Collectors Club is going live September 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Join Bryce, Michael, and myself as we record the show in real time and respond to your questions and comments as you experience the unedited sophomoric bliss of BCC. Plus, you'll have a chance to stick around after the show and book a one-on-one backstage meet-and-greet with Michael. Spaces are limited, so get on that. To purchase tickets, go to live.ludo.gg backslash BCC. One more time, that's live.ludo.gg backslash BCC. I'm sure we'll put a link to that because that's a mouthful. And we'll see you on September 15th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. BCC Live is back, baby! Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your guest, Michael. No, I'm, you know what? I am a guest in your ears. That's true today, and it's been true every time you've listened to this show. Uh, So on behalf of all the Bigfoot Collectors Club, we thank you for letting us into your ear house as well as your eye house, if you're watching this episode over on the Patreon, BCC The Other Side. Um, I'm your host, Michael McMillan. Back with me this week is your other host, Bryce Johnson. <clears throat> and our super producer, Riley Bray. We've there we are. Boys. Reunited, and it feels so good. We uh, and, and if you're watching this, you can see that we have a guest sitting here. We're going to get to him real quickly. Mr. Guest, just sit. And look like the alien space wizard you are. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to you as quick as possible. Welcome back, boys. Uh, I don't know where you were. You were keeping secrets from me all week, so I don't know what happened. I told the listeners that Riley was playing music to the cosmos on top of a mountain and that you were off looking for Bigfoot someplace. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up. I think so. Nice. Well, uh, last I checked, it was still summer. 
And Wet Hot Aliens Summer 2, Summer Abduction, rolls on as the days grow hotter. Uh, mm-hmm. We put out an APB on UFO L-File stories. You guys sent them into BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And today we are going to read them with one of our favorite reoccurring guests or recurring guests. I, 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 I'm a guest star. I should know these terms on a lot of shows. Um, but before we dive into your UFO stories, we have a little clubhouse keeping to attend to. We want to thank. Ooh, by the way, I am so proud of you guys listening. Uh, all of you. All you club scouts who have written in with five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, boy, thank you. If we reach 1,000 five-star reviews, we will record the long-dreamed-of BCC jet ski special. And my club scouts, we are at 850 five-star reviews. That's amazing. We're so close. We're so close. That's amazing. I, I can almost we- taste the jet ski backwash <laughs> in my mouth. Yeah. Should we go to, we got to go tubing. Oh, well, clearly. <laughs> we have a jet ski special without tubing. That just. Yeah. Insane. We have to do it. Um, so I think we started this off uh, somewhere around 500, maybe below 500. So you guys are kicking ass at getting these five. Wow. We are really close. If you guys push, 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 we can make this officially happen by summer's end. So please do it. Listen, we got this week, we got next week, and then the week after that is the season finale of Wet Hot Alien Summer 2 Suburb Abduction. Let's get those 1,000 star reviews done by then. Come on, I know we can do it. And then we can announce that that it's happening. Um, and if you do give us a five-star review, we might read it on the show, like this one. The Bryce is going to read you right now. Oh, my gosh. Panic. Panic mode. <laughs> Bryce's headphones weren't working. Uh, it's in my email, right? Yeah, of course it is. No, it's in your text. It's in my text. Okay, hold on. Hang on there, kiddos. Okay, go. here we From go. your pal, Michael McMillan. Yes. Oh, okay, right. Not the big boys collect. You know how many no. Bigfoot group texts I have? It's, it's, not, it's not good. It's a problem. Here we go better than a balloon five stars better than a balloon better than swamp gas better than a bear walking on its hind legs better than a sand hill crane better than a hole punch cloud better than pareidolia jet ski special exclamation point i love this one this is so great it's better than all that shaz (laughs) it's true it's true that's amazing that's so Uh, good thank you uh barrow stone god bless (laughs) A crystal collector, perhaps. Yeah, um, maybe. So, of course, our reviews are just only one way you can support the show. You can send us a one-time pledge over at buymeacoffee.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club or subscribe to our Patreon, BCC, The Other Side, the parallel dimension of the Bigfoot Collectors Club, where you can enjoy three to five bonus episodes every month, plus our entire backlog of 157 episodes mm-hmm. and... That it doesn't even include our special video episodes like the Mm-mm. one we're recording right now. So that's only five bucks a month. I mean, that's better than a streaming service, if you ask yeah. me. And yeah. I it's like it's like Elvis Presley, all his best songs are on the B side. <laughs> that's right. Not that our songs on the A side aren't A plus, but we got a lot Neither, going on over there. You know what I mean? Elvis. Elvis is you know A side I mean. kicks ass. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We're exactly. Elvis. We're motherfucking Elvis here, guys. Basically. Um, yeah. And a 
I, which Elvis are we though? Are we like late Elvis? Are we Vegas Elvis? Or are you we- know what? We're a little bit of '69 comeback special Elvis. We're also late '70s Aloha from Hawaii Elvis. We, think- we, you know, we, we're, we're kind of each each one of us represent a certain special Elvis. Yeah. I- I want to be Elvis dancing with Anne Margaret in like a okay like yeah your your musical film Elvis yeah and and sure. Mystic Dylan since you're the coolest you get to be uh, late seventies Elvis uh, when, when all he sang was his spirituals and country so uh, <laughs> that was the best that's my favorite Elvis so uh, um, well anyway uh, if we do reach one thousand Patreons Patreons. Uh, then we will, of course, film Bryce riding a jet ski naked. Um, guys, I hate to tell you, we're not doing as well in that department. Uh, there's only oh like, God. you know, we're only a little over halfway there. Come on, what are you doing? I'm there uh, for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be there for that, too. <laughs> Mystic Dylan's already signed up for the for the, the Patreon. Like, I started lighting candles. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm ready um so anyway come join us uh at patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club okay well you you've heard him talk and we've already introduced him our guest today is a witch doctor who co-hosts the witch in the medium podcast with adela levine owns a mystical store called the old world symporium or is it emporium it's important emporium right? I, I like simp I don't even I think that's a word <laughs> you're thinking symposium yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm running I'm running a uh, uh, a uh, wind-up toy symposium where it's both a symposium and an emporium. I apologize. The Old World Emporium and has written two books, Candle Magic for Beginners and The Witch's Guide to Manifestation, which is available for pre-order right now. Or yeah. if you want to read it on ebook, you can get it right now. Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome... Returning guest, Mystic Dylan. Yeah. Thank you. That was such a Look great introduction. I loved it. Throne you're sitting on. That is gorgeous. Where are oh, you right now? I'm in my shop. This is my reading room. Wow. Yeah. Dylan, you never cease to amaze. For those of you who aren't following Mystic Dylan on Instagram, you should because every every picture is better than the next and it's... Your outfits are incredible. Wherever you are is incredible. And you're oh, always, thank you. It's always so, I always enjoy your uh, Instagram posts. Aw, thank while, you. While we're talking about it right now, where, where, what is your Instagram post for people who oh, are listening? It's a uh, Mystic Dylan official. There you go. Go there, yeah, follow Mystic Dylan. There are a few other Mystic Dylans out there. What? what? Yes. And some that claim to, <laughs> there is a Mystic Dylan that says they can cure you of your herpes, your cancer, <laughs> your, your bunions. Oh, <laughs> they, no. they are 100% success, money back guaranteed. Oh, I am not no. that Mystic Wait, Dylan. Wait, I thought we were talking to that Mystic Dylan this whole time. All right, <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Great. Canceled. What am I going to do with my herpes and bunions then? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And actually, my Instagram got hacked. Oh, um, no. Yes. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I had to pay <coughs> uh, money to get it hacked back into because Instagram doesn't do doodly squat to help you. Um, oh, did you have to pay the other Mystic Dylan to get you <laughs> no. back in? <laughs> No, I had to pay. <laughs> I had to pay uh, like Caesar in Turkey to help me 
Oh um, my God. Yeah. Why do I feel like Caesar in Turkey was the one who hacked it in the first place? <laughs> uh, well, some other dude in Turkey actually hacked it. But yeah. here's how aggressive they were. I, I checked my email and all of a sudden some dude is like, I have your account. I need this money. I'm going to sell your account. It was crazy. It was, it was a crazy 24 hours. Wait, how did you find Caesar to hack yeah. that? So apparently all you have to do is Google hacker <laughs> for hire. <laughs> wow. I don't know. This all wow. sounds a little fishy to me. <laughs> and then, and then there you go, you know, and he had, he had really good reviews and I had some friends who had used him. And uh, there we go. Because Instagram will not do anything. Not only did this dude hack into my Instagram, he changed my password and email and routed everything to his phone. What? So it's not like I could do this two-step verification bullshit. This is what my you know, it was God. crazy. Nope. Also, hackers... Hackers for hire, ne- hacker for hire needs to definitely go on the BJ and the Shadow Bats. Uh, oh yeah, track. no, Hacker for hire, yeah, right he's like down. my new, he's my new best friend. That's I a, love it. Mm, maybe a spark. Yeah, maybe a spark has uh, has a spark been ignited between you and Caesar? Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know because now I'm gonna start selling um, naked Bryce on jet ski candles at the shop. <laughs> Come on, another reason to oh go visit. Oh my god. Hacker uh, for hire. Go how on have the you list. been? What are you doing writing all these books and running a store? Are you nuts? Uh, I think so. I think so. And it's not like I have like 80 million employees. I have about like three people who work at the shop. Um, I have two other readers that I trust. And then it's pretty much me. So I do my readings on the weekends. And then like Tuesday through Friday, I'm like boss man. Um, and then I awesome. make candles and I do spell work and we've been going to events and it's, it's a lot. And then I'm writing books. I don't know. <laughs> and you're podcasting here when you clearly should be sleeping and podcasting and podcasting with Adela again. Yeah. yeah um, that's great. Yeah. But it's a lot. I think it's just, to be honest, I was like, why do I do it? And I think in the age of TikTok and like Instagram, I think there's so there's more misinformation on witchcraft. So mm. in my mind, it's like if I get a hold of it and I jump it and I publish my books and I put my stuff out there, I can like, I don't know, maybe combat that in a way. Definitely. Um, cool. So that's just kind of been what that's what I've been up to. So what's the new book about the witch's guide to manifestation? It sounds self explanatory, but why don't you uh, unpack it, it for us? It is. Uh, well, essentially I think, you know, really the book came about um, when I was a kid in, I was like, I think I was like a freshman in high school. I remember watching this like terrible documentary on the secret <laughs> and it had like stock image photos mm-hmm. and like, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, the secret. And everyone was so obsessed with this book. Um, and then I read it. And, like, I think it's one of your, like, initiations to being, like, spiritually woke. You have to read The Secret. And I remember reading The Secret, and I was like, this shit's witchcraft. Right. And not only is this not a secret, it's, like, has, it's been done for, for the idea of manifestation as a concept that, that predates, you know, civilization in a sense. We manifest what it is that we want. So... I think for me, the book is really trying to say that manifestation is not some Eastern 
spiritual guru place that you have to ascend to, that it's very much in the palm of your hands. Um, and I think a lot of witches think that manifestation is something different. And to me, it's the same as spell work. So really, that's kind of how I come across it. it it's looking at a goal. The book talks about um, what manifestation is, what manifestation isn't, hmm. uh, the do's and don'ts of the practices of witchcraft, uh, and how to kind of like utilize the two and embrace that. Incredible. Did, I mean, because yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I I love all that, and and you know, I think people are more interested in witchcraft now than than I've ever seen visiting my favorite bookstores and all that stuff. So it it is it is way on the rise, and uh, I love that, man. I think people are going. You know, you and Adela always had a, a a real feeling of authenticity with what you guys were speaking about and putting out there. So we feel. We feel so uh, blessed and grateful, and uh, to have you know been able to speak with you guys for so long about all these incredible things. But um, I love that idea of manifestation. My wife is really getting into that right now too. It's funny to watch her go from uh, not having anything to want to do with any of this stuff to like, you know, she got a tarot reading uh, from the lady we had on, and now she's interested in in, in your book, Dylan, and manifestation so and. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so she's she's really starting to she's opening the door and walking through and it's been fun to watch that journey, you know. Oh. Are you like, baby, baby, uh, I sent out some crystals by the bed yeah. tonight. Yeah, no, oh my god. Oh, and Charlie, Charlie is like way into like crystals. She was charging our crystals in like the moon the other night. It was Yeah. So it's like I'm I'm secretly getting all this whole family on board with You're going to have like a mini it. family coven. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, it's like, I, I, especially like if your wife's into manifestation stuff, you know, one of the things that I talk about in the book is like, when you do vision boards or when you kind of write your intention or something that, I mean, all that coincides with spell work. And I think so many people try to um, separate the two. Uh, and really what this book kind of shows is that like, you know, witchcraft isn't all about going in the woods, dropping her clothes and like calling in some horned God, you know? Mm. I mean, that's just the weekends. A little bit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> we want that's some cool, of that. Like some, a little bit. I'm yeah, just... we, def we definitely need our pan gods in there too. So. Of course. Dylan, do you get into, because I feel like when I read The Secret, other than like some questionable stuff about impoverished people just need to wish a little bit more, um, wish a little harder. Uh, but uh, I remember, I, I remember that was around the time I came up, kind of through that book, maybe or something else, reading about the Hermetic Law of Attraction. Mm -hmm. Is that something you're familiar with, and does that play into witchcraft directly? Yes, and Could you explain and it to us for us a little bit, maybe. Well, I always heard, I've always heard the Hermetic Law of Attraction was like there's a sliding scale theoretically of like, you know, whatever you put out. If you're putting out negative energy or negative thoughts, you're, you're going to get, get that, that bounced back to you. So it's sort and of like setting your tuner for good for for better things. And obviously, chaos happens, but in general. Yes. I mean, it's, it's sad because, well, not sad. I'm not the person to ask about that because I believe that the concept of good and evil is relative. Mm. Okay, great. So, um, so 
I like the hermetic law of attraction is very similar with the Wiccan law of threefold. Whatever you do comes back to you three times. Oh yeah. Um, and while I do believe in, I definitely believe in some aspect of Dharma or karma. Um, I really think it's just the laws of nature and how much you can manipulate it and to what extent. So I think of it less as um, a, a, I, I see it less of, of uh, attraction or getting something back or reciprocity. And I think of it more as kind of like an elastic band. So when you do magic and when you do witchcraft or when you do any form of manipulating in nature, the way that I kind of see it is imagine that you have a rubber band or a piece of elastic and it's pretty much how far can you stretch it? Mm-hmm. And if you stretch it too far, it's either going to break or slap back and hit you in the face. So that's kind of how I kind of see things like that. Um, and I always go back to that Jurassic Park quote where it's like, nature finds a way. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I think there's only so much people can manipulate or people can do things. So going to like the impoverished, like I don't think you can just sit there and wish and be like, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. I think there has to be mundane work involved behind it. Um, but at and the same time... systematic change... <laughs> Precisely. But at the same time, too, um, I can't tell you, at least from a personal experience, I'm like helping clients and doing spell work for people. Um, when you have a, a physical item or mindset or you put you focus on something, you and the universe just kind of go hand in hand and it will happen. You mm. know, I'm because essentially subconsciously, one, I think you're fighting for it. Um, and I think too, if you believe that you can manipulate, manipulate nature or the laws of nature to some extent, you, you are going to push those boundaries or, or barriers, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess collectively too, if you're looking for systemic change, that also works as well, or just Mm -hmm. bending smaller things to your will that I think are in your personal orbit. You know, I think of the, I think the challenge that a lot of people have with this is that, there's such a thing of fully commanding everything. So if anything bad happens to you, it was your fault or anything good happens to you. It's, yes. Cause I don't believe, you know, that there's still, you know, uh, the fates still deal, you know, blows to people oh, and they're not absolutely. in control of it. And I think that there are things you cannot manipulate. And I'll go into that with like, I speak specifically about people, you know, I mean, I could sit here every day for the rest of my life and light a million candles and be like, okay, Hugh Jackman, you are the one. You're my boo. <laughs> Come to daddy. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But if Hugh Jackman doesn't know that I exist, and I also tell people, you know, I bet you there are hundreds of other people doing spell work for Hugh Jackman, you know? Um, Hugh Jackman, the witch's number one choice. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, then it's, it's, it's not going to happen because it, it's, there are so many limitations that stand in the way of that. Um, but I, one of the stories that I was talking about manipulating and I tried to put this in my book and I didn't have time. So it'll be in my next one, but I think magic goes hand in hand. Like Marie Laveau was a very famous 18th century voodoo queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, where I'm going with this is that in, when she died, the New York times printed her obituary and they said she was able to walk on water and, and she died at a hundred and she did all these crazy, you know, very Jesus-like things. But at the end of the day, I think it's because, one, she was 
she was a hairdresser. She was a free woman of color. She was able to manipulate the system around her. And she had high-profiled clients that kind of assisted her to getting where she was able to go. So I do think with magic or, or using any time of sorcery, I think it's that, but I also think it has to do with what you know and how you utilize things on a mundane level. Hmm. I can at least relate to the fact that when I've set very specific goals, those tend to be the ones that really pay off. When I'm languishing in a, I uh, well, I want this kind of thing to happen, you know what I mean? And oftentimes these are career-based, but I think they can apply across the board in personal relationships and everything else. Like I, it is, in, It is fascinating that I do think the more you know, exactly what you want the 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 better chance you have of making that a reality if you put your will into action as opposed to going well i just like something nice to happen for once you know what i mean right, like, yeah you have a better chance of hitting a bullseye if you're aiming your bow and arrow at it you know what i mean instead of just absolutely. blindfolding yourself and you know shooting anywhere or your yeah. and you have to be very specific yeah. <clears throat> You have to be very specific. And I think people are afraid. Here's what I've noticed. Um, I've noticed that people are afraid to be selfish and people are afraid to ask for that specific because they feel that they do not deserve that specific. And I actually had a client who, you know, recently they were going through a career thing and they wanted this new career opportunity. And I was like, this is what you have to do. You have to write it down. You have to put envision it you have to like i even told him to go to the extent of like printing out the logo of the company and folding it and things like that um and they got a job with that company but it wasn't what they wanted and then at the end of the day they realized that they weren't specific because they were self-conscious about asking for that position mm -hmm. you know they were so in, they were so committed to getting their foot in the door that they didn't do that and while i still think they can put in the work to get that position it's like you really I always tell people, don't be afraid to aim for the tallest uh, from the highest apple on the tree. I think somewhere too, people subconsciously, sometimes people don't even really know what they want, you know, mm -hmm. and, and deeply embedded within their subconscious knows what they need and what they want. And then that's usually what people get is, is really what they need, you know, not so much what they think they want. Um, you know, and a lot of times people, say they want something but i i think that's only surface level stuff when when if they did a little bit more digging they might find that they probably don't want what they want <laughs> it's true no it's true and i think a lot of people make sacrifices to for stability and yeah. and when they find that stability they kind of cling to it and one of the reasons i kind of stepped away from doing readings uh during the pandemic because I found that my cards and my readings, a lot of them were very repetitive. It was mm. a lot of people wanting kind of the same thing or stuck in the same kind of mm. um, um, low vibrational plane, so to speak. Um, and when you would tell someone you have this opportunity to reach out, they found it so otherworldly or impossible that I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you what you can do and I can be your cheerleader, but you have to eventually believe that you can get to that too. What do you say to people who don't know what they want? I feel like that, oh God, every time I ask a question like that, I really hear George Norrie creeping in. What do you say to people 
who don't know what they want, Mr. Dylan. Well, one, um, one thing that, that, that I do for myself is I write a list. Uh, when people don't know what they want, I tell them to write about what they love, you know? And then once you go through what you love, then think about, okay, if X, Y, and Z were taken away from you, how would that make you feel? Mm. And then I kind of go from there. Um, a lot of people get like, they'll have families and they'll be content, but they don't know the next step. And usually, 80% of the time, the next step has to do with something that they either put on the back burner or it's something that they've always wanted to do and they've been afraid to take that leap of faith um, mm. or they want to try something new. So I, I try to tell people to kind of go from there. Uh, and also, I think it's, it's the... Um, the fear of, of being selfish. A lot of people who have big families or like I had this for a hard time. My parents, I love them to death. They are complete narcissists. Hmm. Like, like, so I think for a long time I was very shy and very in the background. And I was a huge introvert because I felt if I ever brought attention to myself, I was having that like inflated ego where I was walking in the path of them and I didn't want, want that. So usually I just tell people, pretend that no one else is around. Pretend that every door is open to you. Um, what do you want? It doesn't matter if it's fantasy. It doesn't matter what it is. And then start going from there. Um, I did this exercise with a client and she wanted to be, her goal was to be a singer. Um, she's not a singer now, but she's a very high profile uh, music producer, you know? And it started with that idea of what she wanted. She wanted to do music. She wanted to be in that realm. And then she slowly worked her way there. And maybe that yeah, feeds back into fascinating. what, yeah, what Bryce is saying, like maybe what you think you want isn't always what you need. It's maybe true. it's being in music is the thing, you know. Yep. Um, and now her paycheck is tithed to me, so I get a little cut. And that's what Mystic Dylan wants. Yeah. <laughs> Mystic Dylan wants to be the Oprah of witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're well on your way, my yeah. friend. Yeah, you're making your own book club. Where can people find uh, The Witch's Guide to Manifestation? Uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon. Um, that's probably the best way to get it because it really helps with uh, my little author profile numbers that I never check. Uh, though I recently looked and Candle Magic for Beginners is like number six in uh, Magic and Studies. Congratulations. Wow. So, yeah. So I can, uh, it's, it's best selling. So that's I was delighted cool. when Candle that's Magic great. popped up on my Target app. There we go. I've seen it at Target. I'm in Walmart. <laughs> I'm Dude, in all huge. those places. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, incredible. It's really, really cool. Um, so that was cool. Um, and then, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's cool to see your book in, like, weird places. Target was pretty shocking, though, because I was like, witchcraft has become that mainstream. Yes. Like, yes. I don't think I've ever seen a witchcraft book in Target, aside from, like, mine <laughs> yeah Which is good. that's when like little girls and little boys can like sneak it in their mom's cart as they're shopping for bath towels you know that's i guess right. i'm getting this all right fine fine just put it in the cow on the counter oh making yeah. candles it's about craft work fine yeah that's or right. fine candle debbie magic. fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though i've yeah. never made a candle in my life i mean i craft them but i've never <laughs> i don't do with heat and melted wax and all that stuff i can't 
Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Everybody should go uh, check that out and go find those books. Um, All right. Well, we brought you here to listen to some listener stories, read some listener stories. We're going to sort of kick things off with a uh, Riley Get Ready. Ooh. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) Are you going to count us in? Oh, 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 okay. I thought I was oh, gonna... that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Macy's News. Yeah. All right. This came actually from a listener, so I lopped it in with the L files. Uh, this listener, uh, his name is Gr- uh, is Rick. And uh, Rick said, great work. Hey, hey, boys. Great work on the Travis episodes. Travis mm-hmm. Walton, I assume. Really enjoyable and good research. I thought I'd read it all. I thought I'd read it all, but you'd uncovered stuff I'd never heard about. Here is the latest news from here at Loch Ness. Oh, there you go. We got oh, a wow. listener. Got some Nessie news. From uh, Scotland. This is awesome. One cryptid and one, well, best read it to see so we got two little news items here so i'm going to read you guys the first one uh this comes from edinburgh uh edinburghlive.co.uk loch ness monster spotted for the second time in 11 days as 12 foot quote-unquote creature sighted the prehistoric beast allegedly rose two feet out of the lock before diving down into the murky waters in the second recent sighting recorded by experts at Loch Ness. So the Loch Ness monster reportedly made a second appearance in the space of 11 days after being spotted surfacing from her mythological home. Yes, that's right. They and we say she. Uh, A tourist from the northwest of England reported seeing the prehistoric beast rise two feet from the murky highland waters before descending back into the peaty depths while on holiday last month. The spotter, identified only as Mr. Vcock, sketched a diagram of the shape he saw through a pair of binoculars two-thirds of the way across the lock, claiming it could be up to 12 feet in length. The sighting has become the ninth added to the official register which catalogs all rec- recorded encounters within the locks most of uh, the locks most famous resident it comes less than a fortnight after a father and daughter claimed to have seen nessie moving through the water while hiking nearby did According the sketch look the- like this look <laughs> <laughs> pretty close um According to the latest entry, dated July 30th, Mr. Vcock, visiting from the northwest of England, was parked up in the last lay by north of the castle, scanning the lock with his binoculars when he noticed something two-thirds across the lock away. He originally thought it was a foot high and some five foot long, but later was able to compare it with the Jacobite warrior as it passed by the area. As such, he stated that what he observed was easily the length of of the handrail at the rear of that boat, which led him to reassess what he saw as nearly two feet high and 10 to 12 feet long. Oh, is that what a Jacobite warrior is? It's a boat? It's a boat. He said the same was witnessed by two other families in the lay-by. The register, maintained by a team of volunteers, categorizes sightings of the plesiosaurus back to the earliest description in the 6th century when it was reportedly halted in its tracks by St. Columba. 
So there you go. Even though, you know, eDNA begs to differ, people still see in Nessie, which I think is really um, charming and sort of uh, reassuring to be, yeah. you know, honestly, like, you know, even if that's it is why she's top deal. five, Michael, she's not, you know, she's trying to stay in those in those high numbers. I mean, people love her. I'm yeah. here for it. I yeah. believe I do, do. Are you a believer? In that, in, I yeah, remember where you were on the bullshit or believe it with that one. No, I I definitely believe in 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 that because I think there are so many creatures and animals that have yet to be discovered. Um, that I now, totally totally believe it. Let me dig in a little further. Are you more of a supernatural Nessie or or sort of a uh, you know flesh and blood uh, Pleistocene dinosaur relic uh, still oh. alive today? <clears throat> so real can, real dinosaur or supernatural creature okay i think that there definitely could be a creature that has not been discovered mm. officially yet that yeah. could be nessie so i do see a flesh and blood nessie however given where she's from i also totally 100 percent believe that there is some ancient primordial water spirit nessie Oh, so yeah. I'm there for I'm there for both, both, especially if you look at like Celtic and Irish and, and Pictish folklore. There are so many of these sea creatures and seahorses and sea monsters and, and lake dwellers that yeah. I, I, you know, you can't. I think a lot of people, when it comes to cryptids, we count a lot of the modern and we kind of yeah. discredit like the ancient mythos. And if you look, if you combine the two, it's like there's consistency. Yeah. I want to see emerge supernatural Nessie, flesh and blood dinosaur. Together we are one Nessie. You can know you what please I mean? make that music video? Yeah, that's happening. And then can it be you on a jet ski? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Being you know what? By Nessie. That's a Club I, Bryce loop that we will play <laughs> into a new track as part of the jet ski I'm, special. I'm kind, you know Wait, what? what about Bryce riding a Nessie? Yes. Guys, we if will, we get if we get yes. five thousand patrons, <laughs> we will have Bryce will ride, ride a Nessie naked. A relict dinosaur. He will fuck um, a Nessie in in <laughs> I will fuck a Nessie for five thousand patrons. You know, I think you know what you were saying is like aliens to me fall in this category and and so does bigfoot as well like like i'm there for supernatural bigfoot and orbs and and portal crossing but i'm also very much there for flesh and blood bigfoot uh and the same goes with aliens right i'm there for like i don't know light vehicles uh from who knows where and then i'm also there for tin cans from zeta reticuli so it's like that's what i love about all this stuff is is it seems to support a little bit of everything which is very confounding and confusing to um guys like us but you know hey makes it i mean i did have a revelation like like a while ago i was thinking because i was everyone like cryptids are like a new well they're not a new thing but like people come to the shop as have a cryptid section um yes. <laughs> i know um so um but i think in my mind i was like if we look at animals like animals have these spiritual and magical associations yeah and and then i was like well what if what if there were creatures 
that kind of like aligned with the spiritual and supernatural and they were kind of walking both sides yeah you know? i think bigfoot might be one of those bryce yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. bigfoot is some like i don't know shaman <laughs> yeah or like worshipped as a deity and really was just bigfoot Totally. Look, if we've if we've found access to these other dimensions, whether it be through psychedelics, chanting, drumming, uh, if there's other ways to achieve these sort of altered states of consciousness, who's to say that the plant animal world doesn't do the same thing? I mean, we know there's certain insects and, and, and mammals that will chew on uh, toxic plants and leaves to get a high from them. And so who knows what type of altered states of consciousness these uh, these animals are are getting into and 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 what type of energy they're able to create with that you know who who knows man yeah they're all right well we got anything. another quick one from yeah. rick in scotland <clears throat> i think you guys will enjoy this one uh this is from the 9th of august uh, i'm reading this from the national the newspaper that supports an independent scotland no okay. idea if this is credible or not but uh loch ness google maps photo glitch brings up not safe for work image people looking up Loch Ness on Google Maps got more than they were searching for in recent days thanks to a street view glitch an unexpected photograph in the place of the iconic beauty spot went viral when social media users sharing the bizarre find uh, went with social media users sharing the bizarre find with one another instead of a picture of the stunning 23 mile long lock or of anything in the water google maps showed searchers a selfie of a naked man standing on a terrace outside of an apartment oh um, i did these this guy is uh, buff <laughs> it's digitized so you can't see his face um. or his junk but he's He's got a nice upper upper torso with a backwards baseball cap and some glaring uh, patio furniture behind him. Uh, Google that. Maps has since removed the image, which the National has pixelated above uh, by restricting the street <laughs> option for the area. Just when just seen why Loch Ness is trending, one person joked after the incident. That's not the sort of monster I was looking for. I got I your Nessie Ness- right here. <laughs> I thought Loch Ness was uh, was trending because of country file. How wrong I was! Added another. Uh, so anyway, just a little uh, funny, unexpected, and uh, reminder to be careful when going out there searching <laughs> for cryptids. Um, right. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to dig into this bag of elf files with Mystic Dylan. Let's do it. Okay, it's Wet Hot Aliens Summer 2 Summer Abduction with Mystic Dylan. And boy, oh boy, you guys sent in some UFO L files for us. I'm so excited. Um, now, I have a question for Bryce that um, this came from. You know what? I apologize to the previous writer. His name was Graham. And the way I copy and pasted this, I called him Rick. This is actually from Rick. Scottish Graham, I'm sorry. Uh, Rick, who has this question, uh, we're about to get it answered for you, okay? Uh, My apologies. Listen, symporium, emporium, symposium, systemic, systematic. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying tonight. (laughs) Um, But we're going to kick it off with a question for Bryce, which which unites two of our favorite topics, orbs and Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Hey, Bryce. I have a question for you. I'm not sure if you've covered this one on the podcast. 
In seasons one and two of Expedition Bigfoot, there were orbs that the team saw and filmed. Did anyone uh, on the team investigate this? Any comments? Love your podcast. Love Expedition Bigfoot show. And I'm looking forward to season three. Thank you for reading this, Rick. Yeah, well, it's a great question, Rick. I mean, you know, we tried to investigate them as much as possible. And that really just means, first of all, we recorded them uh for not only our naked eyes to see but for the viewers to see as well and when it comes to investigating the orbs all you can really do is sort of eliminate what they aren't you know they're not somebody with a flashlight they're not a car they're, they're not, not shine. Uh, they're not i uh, yeah they're they're not ice they're not some plane and when you when you're able to eliminate all those things and you're left with sort of these these lazy lights that, you know, it, we investigate them as much as possible. And I know we try and go towards them, but for, I think, I think for us in the field, it really became a matter of eliminating what they weren't. And, and we, we could not figure out what in the hell they were um, because we were in the middle of nowhere and you'd see these strange just lights and God, if, if I wasn't so familiar with the literature of people having encounters with, with, with Bigfoot, like hairy hominid creatures and orbs of light, um, you know, I would have been a little bit more confused, but, but man, they just, there's a lot of accounts where they just go synonymous with Bigfoot sightings. And so, um, especially for Ronnie LeBlanc, he wrote a, he wrote a whole book on the subject. Um, and so for him, he knew exactly what they were. I mean, he knew that they were orbs. We don't know what the orbs are. Are they astral projecting Bigfoots? Are they, are they yes. some sort of, you know, spirit tulpa of, of a giant hominid? We're not sure. Nobody are they knows. The spirits of the dead following Bigfoot around the woods. That's what I was yeah. going to say. His victims. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That's oh, that's good. That's a first. I've never heard that. Uh, when it comes first thing to I thought of. Yeah, no, I love it. You know, when it comes to trying to figure out what they are, your guess is as good as mine. Thanks for that question, though, Rick. I love that. I love it too. Um, also, Rick, check out Ronnie's work. He, he gets into all this stuff, and also check out um, where the footprints end, volumes one and two by uh, Joshua Cushion and Timothy Renner. We reviewed volume one over on the Patreon, and if you're interested in this topic, you should yeah. definitely, definitely check those books out. Great book. Here's Bigfoot. Um, oh, look, there's volume right two there. right there. Look, Bigfoot's Bigfoot holding an orb. Orb. Check, so. check those books out, dude. You will, you will dig them okay bryce why don't you kick it off with an l file okay let's do it i'm going to read from my phone so that i can keep you guys all on my screen here we go um here we go hi michael bryce riley and distinguished guest that would be you distinguished Mr. Dylan. indeed look at that in outfit very and indeed. look at that chair <laughs> and the I've background been, yeah oh yeah I've been a fan since the beginning and have been meaning to send in a story for years. This is not one I ever planned on sending, but the memory popped into my head when you said you needed stories for Wet Hot Alien Summer 2. It's short, sweet, and underwhelming. Well, we'll, be the, we'll be the judge of that. Way to sell your story. Yeah, we'll be the judge of that. Here we go. When I was a little kid, we had an Atari 2600. We kept the cartridges in one of those cases where they each had their own slot with the label facing out that sat on top of the TV. Oh, yeah, I know it well. 
One day, my older sister and I were sitting on the couch watching a show when one of the games shot out of its slot and landed on the orange shag carpet about five or six feet in front of the TV. None of the other games had budged. What was the game? Any guesses? Space Invaders. Space Invaders. That's exactly right, Riley. That's it. That's the closest I get to a cool alien story. But I'm going to keep watching the skies. Thank you for the show. It brightens my day. Wow, that's a trip. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like straight out of Stranger Things or something. That, that's Yeah, dude, that's metal. I love that. Uh, <laughs> we want you to play our game. Try us, bitch. Try us. <laughs> dude, I remember. So I, for you youngins and you kitties out there, I used to wake up summer mornings. You and, puppies and, and kittens. You little and puppies and kitty cats. Uh, but I'd play ceiling. Atari at my dad's house and we'd wake up and we'd go to the old yellow tablet, which had like the latest high score usually crossed out. And when you got a new high score, cause that's what you aimed for. I'm like centipede or, or, or dugout or all those classics, you know, dig you, Doug, dig Doug. Yes. Thank you. My dad's favorite. You would just cross out that old high score and, and put it up. And, and that's getting old with Bryce. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was your high score? Do you remember what game you were like? Did you win? Did you... I, I don't remember the the high scores, but I know I I rocked pretty good at, at Centipede and, and Pac Man and I I was good at Asteroids. Uh, uh, weirdly, my very first mm. game I played as a kid I think was Asteroids, and I was like pretty good at it. For a yeah. kid, you know. I, I don't know if Atari had this game, but Moon Patrol was always a favorite of mine. You were in that, that little buggy, yep. and you'd have to bounce over the craters and shoot the UFOs and, and shoot the things going forward. But anyway, Mr. that was a great Dylan, letter. Thank you. Any <clears throat> poltergeist activity in your world? Have you ever witnessed anything fly across the room or uh, perhaps the aftermath? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, our shop, like, our I was shop say. is hella haunted. Yeah, we did. We've had lots of of crazy things. Uh, we had uh, the most recent was when, well, or the oldest when we first moved into the shop. Uh, I guess the room the room that I'm in was rented out by the Catholic Church for like Sunday school, so they do Sunday school <laughs> here. So when we got here, there were all these Bible verses on these whiteboards, um, and we moved everything out. Nothing was in here. And I kid you not, like, I like we had blue walls. We hadn't really done construction, but we had opened the shop as a pop-up, and I was doing readings in here. So I had my table, I had my chair, I sat down, and all of a sudden, crayons, like, I can't even make this shit up. We had these slats in the wall, started, like, falling out of the slats. Oh, my like, God. Crayons. <laughs> It scared the shit out of me. I was like, "Little ghost children." Um, little stuff with poltergeist is, makes it so much scarier. Like I'm so much more afraid of crayons than like knives. No, absolutely. <laughs> so we definitely have kind of we have that. Uh, we have a glass on our display that broke for no reason. Um, we have statuary that gets knocked over. Um, so it's it's pretty crazy here at the Old World Emporium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Dylan, when you saw when you saw that that was like an old like Sunday school room, you're like, this will work perfect. <laughs> Paint it all black. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, can we keep the Corinthians quote? Right, right. Yeah. You and actually, one want. of the quotes was like, 
they had something about like not doing divination or practicing fortune telling. And I was like, and we're going to do exactly that. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> upset, yeah. upset those ghost nuns. Yeah. Now yeah. we know why those crowns were the nuns were like, me. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Uh, Riley, what do you got for us? All right. Hi, boys. Love the podcast, and I can't wait for Expedition Bigfoot Season 3. Ooh, a lot of EB3 love tonight. That makes all of us. Uh, I've had a few sightings. One was in Virginia in 2010. I was driving down a dark country road on my way to a football party. A football party? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not even going to. Okay. <laughs> Out of nowhere, a bright light <laughs> streaked past me in the sky. Now, I've seen plenty of meteors and shooting stars, and this was just way too low to be one of those and was going way too fast. I didn't tell anyone about it that night. The other sightings happen- happened closer to... I don't know. The other sightings happened closer together, and this year, 2021. One weekend, my stepdaughter was playing softball in the same town that my cousin-in-law lives. She invited us to stay with her and her family that weekend so that we didn't have to stay in a hotel. That Saturday night, after the softball game, we were all on the back porch chatting. Nobody was drinking. It was dark, and they live in a very rural area. I was looking out at the night sky to see if I could spot any lightning from the thunderstorms that had passed through, because in Texas, you can see them from miles away. As I'm looking up, I noticed that all the clouds had moved out of the area, and so I was looking at the stars. I thought, I thought. One of the stars quickly moved left, right, left, and then up slightly, and then it just faded out. I was so freaked out by what I just saw that I didn't say anything to anyone. The next time I saw this was three weeks later at the beach. My husband and I facilitated a week-long beach getaway for my stepdaughter, her boyfriend, and eight of their friends before they all went off to college. It was basically American Pie 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But with aliens. And gross. He says gross. Uh, uh, judging their teen romp. Uh, one night after dinner, I was standing on the front porch looking out at the stars. I just poured myself a drink and was enjoying the nice mild evening. The area that we were staying in was not well lit, so there was not a lot of light pollution. As I'm looking at the stars, I see one move left and right and fade out. Again. I didn't know conclusively that I have seen any UFOs per se. But based on my experience in looking at stars and seeing satellites and planes in the sky at night, I can say without a doubt that this was not a star. It was not a plane. It was not a helicopter. Thanks for reading my freaky story of possible UFO sightings during this wet, hot alien summer. Danielle. Hell yeah. Nice. Thank you, Danielle. Look, I've seen that too. I saw that in Sedona, Arizona. I get it. And I grew up in Kansas like you. Big sky country right next to a small airport. So we saw helicopters and planes all the time growing up. So when you see something in the sky that you know is not a plane and behaves that way, you know, yeah. satellites are, go fast, but they just kind of shoot in one direction. This is something else entirely different. So I'm with you, Danielle. Yeah, multi-directional, no blinking lights, no noise. Those are the telltale signs of something unidentified. Yeah, uh, you know, it's crazy. And, you know, let's just do the math real quick. There's approximately a 1,000 reported UFO sightings a year, and only 10% of people who witness anomalous phenomena like UFOs report it. So 
that's you do the math that's about 10,000 uh sightings in just America alone um so the numbers are staggering of how much shit is actually up there so just take the time to take a look and the red light streaking past the car was kind of cool too i haven't heard of anything like that i wonder yeah man strange you know what it 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 kind of goes in waves like that i remember when i was seeing a lot of those strange there look like white pin dots in the sky and you get the feeling that they're like they're like following you and when you and then like a day or two later you'll see the same thing again so it kind of comes in like waves or streaks almost like it's very personal for you it's a very strange phenomena Strange indeed. All right, boys, uh, I sent you an email with some photos, a series of yeah. photos that goes with this story. Uh, I believe this is this one. Yes. It wasn't a text. Yes. It was an email. This one's an email. Guys, okay. if you're listening at home, uh, I will put these uh, up on the old Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram. Okay, so this reads, hi, Michael, Bryce, Riley, and Mystic Dylan. Oh, yeah. You can use my name. It is Brendan. I love Bigfoot Collectors Club. I always look forward to each week's episode. Well, guess what, Brendan? You're on this week's episode. Uh, I have been meaning to send this to you. This happened on May 2nd, 2020, during quarantine. I wrote this so I could have written an, uh, I could have a written account of what I had witnessed. This was originally written moments after seeing this. Here's what he wrote. Quote, I just saw a strange light in the night sky. It is currently 10.30 p.m. This happened about 15 minutes ago. I live in eastern Rhode Island. I will preface this is during the pandemic, so there has been a little air, there has been little airplane activity. I saw a red light in the southern sky moving from southwest to northeast at a fairly quick pace. A solid red light with no flashing lights and zero sound. After seeing the object moving through the sky, it just kind of phased away out of sight. I have seen a fair share of satellites in the past, and they are generally white, dim lights. This was a bright red light. I thought it might have been a drone, but they normally flash, and you can generally hear the engine and rotor uh, mechanism. Mm -hmm. As the light moved northeast, it dimmed and vanished. I am not really sure what I just saw. All right, so he goes on to write in his letter. During this experience, I did not lose time and nothing happened since. I found out a couple of days later that this happened to my family on Long Island, New York, and they all saw something that night. My what? father, mother, brother, and my cousin's boyfriend all saw what looked to them to be white-lit satellites high above their respective homes, and that my sister also, in a different town on Long Island, saw a red-lit object flying in the sky. I don't know what the heck... We might have seen that night. I was able to take photographs from my phone, which are included in this email. I have a few weird experiences with that, with what I believe to be ghosts in the past, which I will send in the future. I would love to hear what you think uh, this might have been. I mean, look, Danielle said it, saw the same shit you did. Um, Brendan, um, yeah, what do you think? Mystic Dylan, what, what is this? I, because I'm looking at the picture, I'm like, it's, 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 I mean, it almost looks like a, a planet, like, like, whether it be Venus or Jupiter, but like, I don't know, it's, it's definitely a red thing in the sky. 
and it's moving. So it's not a stationary object. No, but the date that he mentioned is interesting because so like Beltane or like that, that solstice, you have that solstice time that's there. So I, I, I would, Definitely take note of that uh, to Time see if for magical happenings. What you're significance. Saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that veil gets because, like, when we yeah. talk about the veil, it's it's the energy, the the plane within this realm and the next. It gets thinnest during Sow in October, but then also uh, in May. Um, so maybe it was just kind of like that cl- sheet being ripped open and and them being able to see something. Which is in Long Island. Right. What do you think, Riley? You're looking at it. Looking at the photos. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, They are. I love the one where it's uh, you see the full context of the house and the tree there. That light is so bright. It's also very, very spooky photo. It really is. Because you see it uh, in between the tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean. And it's red. Yeah, it's very, it's very ominous, and the fact that like ev- all the people in his family also had the same experience that night is like super trippy and weird, and everyone's seeing these lights. And I mean, it's not a co- it's not a commercial drone because, like you said, you you can hear those, and they're very recognizable, and they they do all have blinking lights, and they just move differently. And I don't I don't know. I mean, saw something. I don't know what it is, Brandon. It's you got yourself you know. a UFO, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, I went ahead and drew what I think you might have seen. A classic saucer. What you saw, Brandon, was a classic CS. That stands for classic saucer, son. And uh, you done saw that. Amazing. Now, he probably didn't report it, right? Only only to us. I would imagine he didn't contact MUFON or or any of the other organizations. I guess we better start keeping a log. Okay, Mystic Dylan, what do you have in the old L-file bag for our listeners? Of course, it's time of the night. It's the time of the night where Violet needs to chime in. Here's my story. Hi, Violet. Hey, BBBs, beautiful Bigfoot boys. I'm calling us that. I'm calling you that from now on. You can hear you're part of it, too. Well, there we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself a shirt. Oh, I'm so sad. Yesterday, I was wearing my Alien Summer shirt because my brain is messed up, and I thought yesterday was Wednesday. Oh, there we go. A class. Very in honor. Um, so my Uncle Bob, everyone has an Uncle Bob, but mine is especially great, has always had an interest in UFOs. I never really knew why, as he's otherwise not into any kind of supernatural hullabaloo, religion, philosophy, etc. He's a goofy, down-to-earth engineer who makes advanced math problem-solving videos on YouTube for fun. I was recently visiting home, and we started talking about disclosure since it had been in the news. He told me how he became interested in UFOs. I asked him in e- to email me the story so I could send it to you guys. This is the email. It was a dark and stormy night. No, wait. That's another story. He's funny. <laughs> in the mid 70s cute on us. <laughs> in the mid 70s the entire family was gathering at my parents home in denver my mom and sister were coming back after visiting a friend south of denver that was all country had back then as they were driving home at night on parker road they stopped because a car had halfway pulled off the road in front of them they pulled in behind that car and noticed them staring up into the sky My mom and sister got out too and looked up. They described three glowing orange discs directly above them. 
This lasted about a minute with no noise, at which point they shot up very fast and disappeared. Hmm. They were sure they were not helicopters or balloons or such, but had no explanation. My mom and sister were not creative nor prone to making up stories. At that point, I knew there was something to the UFO stories over the years. UB. Wow. And there's That's a crazy. PS there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. I was like, scroll up. Okay. Short and sweet. He also volunteers for MUFON. MUFON. There we mm. go. And had an email chain uh, with Stanton Friedman going back in the day about the 2013 uh, Puerto Rico video, which he debunked. He's never found a video that he wasn't able to be debunked with math, but he's still a believer. That's interesting. This is the Aguadilla Puerto Rico video, Puerto Rico uh, video, which I think came out in the slew of like Pentagon videos. This was like a video that Homeland Security took. So I'll put a link if you're interested in reading that at home. We won't get into it here, but uh, that's cool. That's way cool. Yeah. 70s UFO sighting. You got to love that. But there's a seems to be consistency in like color. I feel like so far there's like a red dot, an orange dot that red orange so i wonder if there's any significance there yeah Very i don't know cool. that's interesting yeah i noticed that too you're right uh you know i used to live in denver uh right in parker i used to live in parker amongst other cities but uh that's strange yeah when they shoot off in the air like that i mean that's that's pretty i mean god you 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 hear about that in like movies and stuff but to see it that's that's pretty insane that's cool. That was from listener and Patreon Lyric. Thank you, Lyric. Thank you, um, Lyric. Riley. Why don't we circle back around to you and see what we got? What do you got in the bag there, Riley? Let's take a look. Not bad. Hi, Bryce, Michael, Riley, and guest Mystic Dylan. My name. Oh wait. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. My name is Becca, and I live in New Hampshire. First things first, I want to say how much I love your podcast. Thank you, Becca. You you guys really make me think about the paranormal in a whole new, thought-provoking way with every episode. The humor you sprinkle in and each of your personalities mesh really well with each other and with the material you put out, which as a listener is hard to find with other podcasts. Your podcast helped me get through a rough time I was having last fall, and I can't thank you enough for that. Well... Becca, we those are my favorite. Thank, yeah, we can't thank you enough for listening. So thank you. That was really nice to hear. Thank you. And hang in there. That was a long way. We we do appreciate. Sometimes it feels like we're shouting into a void, and it's nice to uh nice to hear back that we're connecting with people. Anyways, now on to my L file. It's not really a UFO story per se, more of a strange coincidence. Mm. I was listening to the Alien Grace episode you put out with John L. Tenney while getting ready for work. Nothing like some alien abduction stories at 6 a.m., am I right? <laughs> when you were hypothesizing what the greys are after here on Earth... the uh, What they're here after, I think. Hypothesizing what the greys are after here on Earth, what, what is their intention? The power in my apartment flickered. In the whole two years I've lived in this apartment, I've never had something like this happen. I live in a city, so there are no trees or anything like that around that would fall on a power line and cause the flicker. It was a sunny day, too, so no wind or inclement weather would be the cause. Needless to say, the whole situation gave me goosebumps, and shortly after the occurrence, I went to work and carried about my day. I also want to mention that the governor of New Hampshire recently visited the landmark for Betty and Barney Hill and made a video about it. I thought mm-hmm. it was I saw it, because I've never heard that story until I listened to your podcast. 
keep up the good work. I can't wait until your annual Halloween episodes come out. Those are my favorites every year. Becca. Oh, whoa. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's, Dylan that's cool. talking about interdimensional entities. I believe them. Perhaps flickering the lights to say confirmation. Confirmation. They're like, "Yep, that's what's up." Yeah, that happened. happened You got grays. Yeah, (laughs) I totally believe that. I think. I think spirits, international, international, interdimensional beings, international spirits. They're like they're really debonair. They're super sexy. You know, they speak many different languages. They like they like being talked about, you know. So I think I think by them listening and then and then you know knowing there's a story about them, they're going to give that confirmation. They're going to be like, yeah. what, "What? Yeah, totally." If they, you know, we've posited a few wild ideas on this show, but one of the ones I always kind of liked was that all this stuff, all this phenomenon, everything is is somehow connected somehow some way connected to each other and it's and it has sort of a a trickster element to it so when you're looking in i always loved john keel's sort of idea that when you look into the strange the strange starts to look back at you and so when you're paying attention to these weird subjects especially at a strange time like early in the morning about ufo abductions that could be a way of the phenomenon saying, hey, you know, keep listening. You're on to it. You know, it's let's like play. it's like that scene in Labyrinth when Jennifer Connelly's evokes the goblins and the Goblin King uh, when she's yeah. babysitting Toby and she starts to recite the poem. And then, you know, there's just a shot of all the goblins waking up, you know, yeah. on the other side. Say it. Say it. Say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think when you step into that realm, you start. Well, I I think it's the same. Once it's like when people are like, oh, I'm going to mess with a Ouija board. Now shit's happening. It's once you make that step, you are stepping into you're inviting that energy. Mm -hmm. So I think by them listening to that and then getting that flickering of the light, not only is it a confirmation, but I think to me, it's it's this like it's that. Oh, they're talking about me. We're here. You know, and going back to what you we were talking about at the beginning of the show, manifestation, you know, I think a huge part of, of manifesting stuff is emotional height. And, and, and what I mean by that is when you put like emotional fervor behind what you want to manifest, you know, it, I think it happens quicker and more profound. So, you know, when like to go off of what you were saying, Dylan, as an example, like when you're like getting ready to play with a Ouija board, you you know, your emotions are kind of like they're tickled, they're heightened. And, and it's like, it's like these receptors shoot out of you and they're just picking up on all this energy and it's uh, it happens faster. And I think, yeah, that there's totally something to that. And Bryce, I think, you know, when you're, yes. Is this your way of saying that you're getting into sex magic? Yes. <laughs> That's what well, Yes. We I'm glad that. to finally get it out on here. But, here Bryce, uh, you can have, you can have, <laughs> <laughs> you can have my little crystal wand. Okay. I'll take it. I'll we sell them at the shop. Um, but you know what I would say, Bryce, too, is like just going off of also congrats on season three of your show. Um, you. But I would say, I would say if you manifest, like if you are tapping into nature, 
and mm. you have this passion you're looking for something out of not just curiosity but really wanting to explore i have no doubt that if there is a bigfoot that receptive energy is going to be recognized by the bigfoot and it will make itself known yeah i think I, you are close i i couldn't agree more i mean i mean yeah there's something to that when when you bring that that belief to it and that excitement and that fervor, that passion, it just, it tingles the atmosphere around you and stuff starts to happen. Bryce, you got to start masturbating in the woods. And there we go. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even get me started. Okay. <laughs> we well, we definitely don't want to. Um, no, no. Bryce, why don't you read the next letter okay. that we got? Thank okay. you, listener. Right. Uh, Becca, Great. sorry, that devolved into yes. that. Yes, yes. Thank oh. you for your wonderful letter. Uh, okay, here we go. Do, 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 do. I, hey, fellas, I originally sent this to the godmother of the podcast, and she had Ooh. some fun with it on her podcast last year. Oh, talking about none other than Jen Kirkman. I thought I sent it over to you guys as well. I haven't experienced this, this letter's personally. made the podcast rounds. <laughs> it's making the rounds. I haven't experienced this personally, but it is a family story that we've all been fascinated by. My great-grandmother on my mom's side lived a very fascinating life. She was a truck driver for the Army, met fascinating old Hollywood people like Frank Sinatra, and had a torrid love affair with a married country star named Ernest Tubb. Wow. Whoa. Even more fascinating was her brother, who we all refer to as Uncle Larry. He lived most of his life in Southern California, served in the Army, and was allegedly part of the team that invented the bazooka. He was also married to a lovely woman by the name of Mary Wells, who was a direct descendant from Mr. Wells of Wells Fargo. Right. So you got to play this guy in a biography, like a biopic. There's enough here to do it. My God. Back in the early 70s, Uncle Larry, uh, Lawrence Foreman, uh, published a book called Passport to Eternity. It details his encounter with aliens from outer space in the California desert. Wait. What? It is a tough read and no longer in print, but interesting nonetheless. Uncle Larry claims that he felt as though he was being watched one day. It was a feeling he just couldn't shake, so he decided to pack up and head out to one of his favorite camping spots in the desert. While camping, he encountered a man called Bill. They cooked out together, swapped stories, and formed an almost instantaneous friendship. Bill headed back to his own campsite after dinner, but promised Uncle Larry that he would encounter something fascinating the next morning. Uncle Larry woke up the next morning to very heavy footsteps outside his tent and was shocked to find Bill driving an enormous robot of some sort. Yo, this is amazing. I kept picturing that thing Sigourney Weaver fought the queen with in Aliens. Oh, yeah. The, That's the hydraulic a mech forklift. suit, not a robot. So yeah, maybe it was yeah. a mech suit. Yeah. Bill explained to him that he came from a different world. Man, this is so injured cold. Uncle Larry was intrigued, and they made plans to meet again where Bill would show him even more fascinating things and information. No specific date was set. Only that Uncle Larry would feel that being watched feeling again. 
At their next camping encounter, Bill introduced Uncle Larry to his group of alien friends and was taken to their spaceship. According to Uncle Larry, it looked like a giant tent. I can't remember exactly how he described the exterior and interior, just that it was larger on the outside than how it appeared from the exterior. Larger on the inside, I'm sorry, than how it appeared from the exterior. That's kind of like Sam the Sandown Clown's little hut. Yeah. Man, Uncle Larry would meet with Bill and his buddies numerous times on their tent-like spaceship where they explained where they came from and that the Earth is a prison planet. According to Bill, we humans are related to Bill's people, but we're born with some sort of veil over our brains to keep us from knowing what Bill's people know. Sounds a bit like what I've read about Scientology. He says later on he went to New Mexico and met even more of Bill's friends and saw their fleet of 21 spaceships. That's a good title, Fleet of 21 Spaceships. Uncle Larry went on to learn about how the universe works, according to Bill. He also learned about cancer, plant-based meals, meats that taste like real thing, and cigarettes that don't cause cancer. I want some of those. The weed burgers, basically? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Also, I love that the aliens are like, listen, we got to have meat and we got to smoke and we got to figure out a way to do both of those sustainably. <laughs> That's amazing. Like space cowboys in mech suits. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And his name is Bill. Yeah, dude, this is so amazing. Bill also gifted Uncle Larry with a cat that he named Susie. <laughs> My mom remembers the cat and how different she seemed to be from other cats. Not sure what she means by that. He had a painting well, of Susie. Well, it spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> he had a painting of that cat Susie commissioned, which we still have. I was always fascinated by his story and had the opportunity to ask him a few questions about it when he was alive. The question I remember asking the most was whether or not I would ever be able to meet Bill. Uncle Larry assured me that I would. I'm still waiting. I just hope he doesn't beam himself into my room while I'm sleeping and lurk over my bed like aliens do in abduction stories. Don't do that, Bill. It's an odd story that has always been an entertaining discussion topic in her family. Yeah, I'll bet. The book is no longer in print, but my mom inherited the original manuscript when Uncle Larry died in the late 1990s, and my great-grandmother passed away in the early 2000s. We've thought about reworking it a bit and having it published again. You should. We'll discuss. Uh, But that project (laughs) remains on the back burner. I don't think I truly believe Uncle Larry met aliens from outer space. Could it have all been a series of very vivid dreams? It's fun to think about. Whatever it was, I like to believe it was true. But I've always been a bit of a skeptic. Loving the podcast and recently became a patron. Thanks for keeping me entertained josh josh thank you for your patronage thank you for that amazing amazing fucking email and (laughs) yes you need to publish that original manuscript we'll help you uh (laughs) it sounds like you're uh, look you know there's people we can't even get our own shit published i know i know know. dylan got any uh i'll i'll shoot you my publisher's name yeah Look, there's people who see UFOs and there's people who experience strange stuff, but it sounds like your uncle was a contactee. And that's one of the rarest forms of this phenomena there is. I mean, those cases are so strange and so vivid in detail. It's astounding. And when people put pen to paper about those experiences, they're always a fascinated read. Uh, 
There that, are, I'm intrigued. There are also uncles that like to tell tall tales. Let's just How dare you, Michael? Well. How but, dare you? Here's what I'm going to say. I actually will say for someone who is so against the belief of aliens, the I love that it wasn't a spaceship and it was something like archaic like a tent. Right. Yeah. That I can get behind. It's a and very... I love that Bill is not like a three-eyed gray green skinned yeah alien. yeah um, and if this you- is a true tale of high strangeness and like 100%. i said i'm in it for the stories and this is a good story of yeah. high strangeness and, but also i will say too i mean lo- i love the way that it works that, like people have a veil on them i mean if you if adele and i talk about that all the time what is, what is the difference between a psychic and a witch or a normal person i think it's that witches and psychics are more connected to the idea or they're more open so I I don't I don't know hearing that story and then you know when you invite me back on Halloween for Halloween episodes I can go further and talk about if you look at that compare that to when people say that they were inducted into a coven of witches or met with wow. the devil there's that yeah. weird meeting a tribe or meeting other people from another realm I'm down for that all right yeah. I love what do it. you think, Riley? The desert, tent spaceships, psychic cats? I mean, first of all, I really would like to see a photo of that painting of the space cat. So. <laughs> yes, yes. We need space cat like photo. This Josh, whole thing is a spindrift concept album, this whole story. <laughs> okay, yeah, the but, cat is like this. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the space cat that has like tentacle, it's a Marvel movie. Yes. Not that's an alien. Yes, uh, it's Chewbacca. It's Chewy in the comics. I can't remember what it's called in the in the. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's like either you know, either he did some acid with a a desert drifter that was making. <laughs> I love that version of it. It's very possible. Who that came that. out in cardboard boxes like check out my robot <laughs> tent, brother? You know, <laughs> but, looks a lot bigger on the inside, don't it? <laughs> but also, I don't know, I. I like that. I mean, I don't like it. It's not a fun idea, but I, I do think about that idea of like Earth as like a spirit prison planet. Like, yeah. Like when you look at like how it is here and how we treat each other and how much suffering there is and how we just keep hitting our heads against like evolving as a species, like sometimes it really does feel that way. And like, mm. if you think about like if there's like a, there, if there is like a, I don't like the term like hell, but like, Something like that. It would have existed for a long time, you know, and and there would have been people, or whatever beings that like gamed the system. And I think it would look sort of like what we have going on now. So, you know, with like a an elite kind of ruling class and general systematic oppression. And I don't know. Sometimes I, I wonder what the human experience on Earth really is. Well, and a, di- and a dictate that, like the Buddha said, you know, life is suffering, you know, and, and there's yeah. that's there's no escaping that for anybody uh, on this planet. We all suffer. And so, right. yeah, there there is something to that. That's samsara. Mm. That's the, 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 the cosmic karmic wheel that we just keep... Mm. Uncle Larry, come back. Come back from the other side and tell us what it all means. Yeah. And Josh, please do send us a picture of your space cat. Yeah, please. and type that up. I want to read it. Okay, we got time for one more before we say goodnight to our dear listeners and Mystic Dylan. This one is called The Time I Saw Two Alien Greys. Oh, shit. 
Hey, BCC crew, my name is Jeannie, like Jeannie in a bottle. You can use my name. I love the show, and you keep me company while I'm working night shift uh, cleaning a haunted school. I should send some (laughs) stories about that sometime, but right now I want to tell you about the aliens I saw for Wet Hot Alien Summer 2. Awesome. Now, I don't tell many people about this because they never believe me when I tell them. Only my husband and kids have heard this story, and my dad knew, but he has passed away. I'm just going to jump right in, I guess. I grew up with my single father in a very small town in southeast Kansas, around the same area as Pittsburgh, Kansas. If Michael knows where that is, I do. It is a small town as well, as, uh, as well, but bigger than the one I grew up in. Yay for growing up in Kansas. Yes, and go gorillas. Anyway, my dad was not very concerned about doing things the normal way. As such, our sleeping arrangement was a love seat and a couch in the living room. I had a pretty cool non-conventional childhood. I slept on the love seat. And my dad had the bigger couch. They were positioned in an L shape where I could easily... Whoa, L for L files! They were positioned in an L shape where I could easily see my dad on his couch. It was around, I was, it was around eighth grade for me, so I was about 13 or 14 years old. I woke up in the middle of the night and looked over toward my dad, and standing next to his couch were two gray aliens. Mm. I was instantly filled with terror and froze in fear. They were standing close to each other, and one was taller than the other. The taller one was farthest away from me and seemed to be holding something in its hand. The smaller one was looking at whatever the taller one was holding, and the taller alien was using its other hand and pointing at something on the device it was holding as if to show the smaller one something on it as to show them turn the that battery around yeah. i'm pointing it That's the wrong positive. i'm pointing it correctly <laughs> it's in the right you never i should have never given turn you the magic rod. <laughs> never given you the magic wand um they did not talk or make any noise they were not gray or green but more of a dark greenish gray color and they were wearing long-sleeved black jumpsuits. Oh, that dude, comes up that, a lot. It's legit. I froze for only a couple minutes before I decided that pulling my blanket over my head and hiding under it was the best course of action. Because Probably. to a child, the blanket can protect them from anything. So I slowly <laughs> pulled it up over my head, trying not to let them know I was awake. I waited for another couple minutes, but I needed to know if the aliens were still out there. So I peeked out of a tiny hole in my blanket. They were both staring at me. And their eyes were yellow with black slitted pupils. Whoa, reptilians. That image is burned into my brain and still scares me to this day. And the next thing I remember is my dad waking me up to get ready for school in the morning. I immediately told him that he's... And he seemed to believe me, but... He also was skeptical as well, I think, because it scared him. I did try to tell other people, but they told me I must have been dreaming, and that offended me so much that I just stopped telling anyone. I know when I am asleep and when I'm awake, and I know when I am dreaming. I never thought I was awake when I wasn't, and never thought I was asleep when I was awake, and I've never thought a dream was real. What the fuck? (laughs) Then... Either the same day or the next day, it was so long ago, I can't remember exactly what day. 
Me and my friends are jumping on their trampoline, you know, as you do in rural Kansas. And we decided to take a break and lay down and we saw something in the sky. It was something extremely reflective or it was lit up, but it was small and it zigzagged around the sky. Nothing back then could have moved like that. This is the early 2000s. So drones were not a thing yet, and there was no noise. After it flew around for a couple minutes like that, it shot off out of you so fast that it was hard to track it. Then, later that day around dusk, I was in the car with my dad, and on the way to the local gas station, which was only about a mile away from our house, I saw it again. I pointed it out to my dad and told him I saw it earlier in the day, and he looked at it and was intrigued by it, but unconcerned, kind of like when I told him about the aliens. I have seen a few other UFOs as well, but the most recent one was just last year when I was out with a couple of friends sitting by a fire at night. What And what seemed like every dog in town started barking. And this light floated across the sky and it was pulsing as it flew there. There was no noise and as it went over either. I got a picture of it. Boys, check your texts. Everybody else, check the Instagram. I got a picture of it. And it must have been moving faster than it looked because in the picture it it looks long, but it looked like a circle to the naked eye. I only recently heard about other people seeing taller greys with small greys, and my mind was blown because it is also said that the taller ones are in charge, were smarter than the smaller ones, and the taller alien was the one showing the smaller one something. I would love to know what you guys think about this, as I have never talked about it with anyone who believes in this kind of stuff and would like to know your thoughts. Even if this does not get read on air, I hope you enjoyed my experience. Well, guess what? It did. Thank you for being amazing and creating a space where people can tell their stories without judgment. Jeannie, you had a classic, you had a C-A-E, a classic alien encounter. I mean, that's That's what it is. That's just crazy, dude. Sounds like these were the reptilian-style grays that we hear about. Judging from the yellow slitted eyes, maybe that's what their eyes look like under those black almond lenses that sometimes people report them having covering their eyes. Um, Sounds like you had some missing time there, too. Like you just woke up and everything was back to normal. Man, classic. I don't know. Might want to get regressed. Maybe not. Definitely want to get regressed. Seems like you remember this stuff. Um, But yeah, sounds like classic alien. I mean, I don't know. You've heard this show. Fits right in with shit we talk about. Uh, Mystic Dylan, what's your take? I'm all about reptilians. <laughs> I'm there all about them Dracos. I'm all about them, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I hate to like not believe when I definitely have seen things that I know no one else would believe if I were to say I saw this. Yeah. You know, um, and the thing too, I think the more that I listen to your show and talk to Adela and like do my research, it's like we do have, like, if you look at old deities and old civilizations, um, there's like the Celts, the Tuath Dedanin, they were the original race. Uh, you have the ancient Egyptian deities, and they tell of being on Earth and then kind of just like noping out. So mm-hmm. who knows if, if, you know, when we were reading the story before, it's like, like Bill, you know, maybe Bill did live on Earth. And he was like, you know what? Y'all be closed off. I'm going to go beep, 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 up to like. <laughs> I got to go smoke my cancer-free cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not here about that. Like, 
and and who knows maybe reptilians or or aliens or whatever are are a race that that have a connection to earth in some way but still have a preference in wherever they're from man i don't know but we believe you saw what you saw we just don't know what it is i guess it's as good as ours janine right riley yeah, so shaking, all shaking just, your head up there. So scary. I just that yeah. the idea of yeah. the things watching you sleeping is just mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, I hope it's not too much, uh, you know, too traumatic of an experience. But also, like a little bit, I'm jealous, you know, because like mm. don't you want to see? I'm not. You want like do you don't want to be horrified for the rest of your life. But like, if I could see an alien with my own two eyes, like yes, like I want that. <laughs> Crazy. So, I don't know. Yeah. Out there. Yep. Yeah, that's wild, man. There. All wow. right. Well, what a great batch of wet, hot alien summer L files. We appreciate everybody who wrote in. Uh, if yours didn't get read, it could still get read in a future L files episode. So hang tight. Um, okay. It's time to say good night to Mystic Dylan. We're going to go do some Patreon shout outs. So stick around for that. But in the meantime, Dylan. Of the Mystic Realm, where can people find you and your books? One more time. So, you can find me on the Instagram at Mystic Dylan Official. Um, you can book a reading with me uh, at mysticdylan.com. Um, you can visit Old World with the Old em- with the e- Emporium. <laughs> Emporium.com. Uh, and also follow the shop, the Old World Emporium. Um, you never do you ever has anyone ever seen spice world that's my favorite alien encounter i have not actually <laughs> okay well, but people listening will know exactly what you're talking it's about. a docu it's a docu drama movie so it's definitely very real and they are visited by aliens I love so i it. guess I, I have no choice but to believe that uh but Amazing. thank you so much for having me Oh, Dylan, yes. thank you for gracing us with your presence, man. We always love hearing what you have to say and your vast knowledge. And and, yeah, and I love yeah. being here and I love all of you. So thank you. Thank Dylan, you, can Dylan. people book readings with you uh, non-locally? In other words, can you yes, do it? Yes, I do phone and Skype. Uh, I do phone and Skype readings. So yes, book a right. reading. You can <laughs> do anything today over the computer. And listen to The Witch and the Medium. With yes. a Levine, my nice. Well, it's a pleasure as always, Mystic Dylan. We're going to wave you out as you disappear into the ether. Uh, we'll see you next time on BCC. The rest of you awesome. stick around for some Patreon shout outs. Thanks, Bye. Mystic Dylan. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Awkward pause while Dylan slowly vanishes, works his magic spells. Bye. Still here. He's still here. Okay, there we go. 
Well, uh, all right, guys, it's time for some Patreon shoutouts. This is everybody who joined the Patreon since our last episode, L Files episode. We're going to get it uh, quick and dirty here. So, right. boys, you know what to do. Uh, we would like to thank Jennifer Shepherdson. Thank you. Morgan Gold. Thank you. Brandon Crutzley. Thank you, Brandon. Proton Crosser. Thank you, Proton. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Ryan Middledorf. Uh, thank thanks, you. Ryan. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Kenneth Millam, thank you very much for your generous pledge. Uh, Hannah Royal. Thank you. Ryan Mitchell. Thank you. Ashley Wilkinson. Thanks. Make his magic. Thank you. Alex Ebens. Thank you. Sarah S. Alves. Thanks, Sarah. Kevin DeVos. Thank you, Kevin. Josh Harrison. Thanks, Josh. Bailey Meadows. Thank you. Alex Whitcomb. Thank you. Megan Brennistall. Thanks, Megan. David. Thank you, David. Sean Leslie. Thank you. Bill Zabub. Oh, thank you, Bill Zabub. Derek Talon. Thank you. William Rutledge. Thank you. Eric F. Thank you. Nep Nep. Thank you, Nep Nep. I'm going to assume you're an Ewok, Nep Nep. Thank you, and thank you for what you did on the Battle of Endor. Um, Kylie Wagner. Thank you, Kylie. Serena White. Thank you. Cascade Scola. Thank you. Logan Barnes. Thanks, Logan. Gwen Cornell. Thank you. Brandon Lowry. Thank you. Curtis Miller. Thank you. Courtney Morales. Thank you, Courtney. And Joshua Bachelet. Thanks, Joshua. Thank you, everybody who joined the Patreon. We appreciate you guys. Welcome to the other side. Uh, For the rest of you who haven't tried it out yet, give it a shot. Join for five bucks. See if you like it and see if you want to stick around. 157 other episodes, and you get to watch this one instead of just listening to it. You get to see how uh, sweaty I get, and you get to see glimpses of my... Bo- toys and comics uh, dark darkly in the background so it's fun it's real fun guys um all right boys anything to plug before we say goodbye no nah. i don't think so great me neither okay everyone we'll see you next week until then good night thank you and go get regressed that's right all right bye Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds 
wherever you get your podcasts.